Like people talk about things that we love or need or desire more than anything in this world is time. What is up our fellow Legacy Ninja? It's such a beautiful thing when you have individuals that open up and are their own individual unique self, being transparent with who they are, and showing up as their authentic self to give permission to others to do the same thing. Think about the experiences that you've had that really have stuck out with the individuals that you've come across. When you look at that, what situation really sticks out with those individuals that show up and are authentic and are true to themselves? So on this episode, we had the pleasure of having David Torres on as our guest, an individual that's running for a congressional spot here in Colorado. But to hear the story, to hear what he's gone through and what has led him to his position of getting into public service to impact the lives of others because of his experiences is a beautiful thing. A lot of times when somebody's in a spot of public service, they don't show up as their true self. You don't get to actually know and hear who they are and what really drives them and how they truly want to impact the lives of others. So within this episode, we talk about embracing experiences, the power of the journey that you're on, and extracting the lessons from the mistakes that have taken place in your life. That's a huge one right there. What lessons can you learn from within the mistakes that have taken place in your life that you can bring forward and pass on to other people? What can you do based on what experiences that you've had to impact the life of somebody else? So it's a matter of showing up and being your true authentic self. After the episode, Take the time and really look and ask yourself, are you showing up as your true, authentic self? Other than that, our fellow Legacy Ninja, enjoy the episode and we'll catch you later. What is up, our fellow Legacy Ninjas? Scott Brantz, Patrick Murakami. And uh, today we actually have the pleasure of having another local native, so another native son of uh, Colorado, David Torres, on with us today just having another conversation and really extracting what that legacy that we're all going out to build and put out there in our community. And I know David's got a very unique path and uh, part of the journey is the political sphere, but this conversation is just what we normally do is just have the conversation and see what people are trying to do, what they're trying to extract and what they want to leave behind based on what they're doing within life. And so, uh, David, when you think about it and you look at the idea of being a native of Colorado and going up for a congressional spot, what does that entail with the legacy piece? And outside of politics, what is that legacy piece for you that you're trying to leave to better our society? First, I want to be extremely clear that I was, I'm, I consider myself a de facto native. I was four years old when I moved to Colorado. And that wasn't my fault because I didn't make any decisions on where we lived. <laughs> but uh, since that time, obviously, I've stayed in Colorado and, and majority of that time is here in the Springs. It is important that through my experiences, I've learned throughout uh, my life that 
a legacy means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Success. I mean, you can tie it into success. What, what you think success is may be different from what I, and my whole journey getting to this point where I'm in my early forties and, you know, I've decided to uh, completely switch up my career and go for public office does have a lot to do with what I feel like what my legacy is and what I'm capable of doing in the sense where I've only felt true satisfaction in an accomplishment uh, when it benefits somebody else. Mm. And it's, I don't want to sit here and try to sound like I'm on this pedestal guys, because it's not, it's not me going out there going, Hey, I'm going to change the world. And you know, that that's not what I mean. <laughs> I, I truly mean that the gift of what I consider happiness to be, which I think everyone in this world shares mm. in that they all want to be happy how they get there is different, but, um, or what they consider happiness is different too. But I've never felt in, in my experiences in life, crappy childhood, you know, up and down young adulthood, the, the most, I came to the realization that my, my satisfaction and my, and my gratitude comes from the ability to understand people, to talk to people, to um, come to terms with certain things with people I've yet to meet one person. This is what's great about the United States of America. And let's, let's specify Colorado. I've yet to meet one person that thinks exactly like I do. Mm. And that's great. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's what makes my journey so freaking awesome is that I have been able to, I've been able to talk to different people and gain different perspectives. And nine times out of 10, people just want you to hear them, mm. you know? understand them not agree with them all the time people don't want that people don't want yes men you may they may say they do but they don't nobody wants a yes man i want somebody to, to push back on me so to this point um my legacy has uh, what i feel like what my legacy should be and what i what i want what i want it to be moving forward is is just someone who extracted so much from the people around them who was very lucky in all the people that they met and feel like it would be ridiculously selfish and inappropriate for me not to reciprocate that to the people that I meet. That simple. <laughs> I love that. So uh, it, it's really honestly that I don't want fame. I don't want money. I've, I've been poor and I've been what we would consider upper middle class. And the way I felt when I looked at my bank account both times, it wasn't so, you know, life-changing that I was like, yeah, I need to be super rich. Maybe I will be one day. Maybe I won't. I won't care. I don't give a damn about that. Um, what I care about is the people around me and how society, how I view society as far as how many people do I come across each day that actually smile, you know, mm -hmm. that smile back, you know what I mean? So it seems weird and it, and it also seems very cliche, if you will, but uh, guys, if I'm Popeye, my spinach is, is joy, is watching the joy of other people. Mm -hmm. And I know that I could help with that. And it's something that I, I, I feel like is a part of my legacy is, if you will. So that was a lot. That's a great intro, man. I love that. <laughs> and so I think before we get into kind of the story, right? Sure. I think, that, again, I think a lot of our listeners kind of think a, a lot like the way that Scott and I uh, do. But my first question is, why politics? <laughs> that is the best question you guys will ask today because it's stupid, right? I've, you know, months after I decided to do this and, and it was a decision me and my wife both made together, 
I would continuously go back and go, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> because I love being around people like you who, who see the good, you know what I mean? Who smile, who enjoy life, who know, yeah, there's pitfalls, but, and, and when you dive into the world of politics, even on my side, so I'm currently running as a Democrat, right? Even when I'm surrounded by other like-minded political views, it's negative, negative, negative. You know what I mean? And I'm like, at first I was like, am I going to be able to handle that? And in my experience, I've had so much negativity that yes, I can handle it. But yeah, why freaking politics? Um, and why even, you know, to specify your question even more, why in the federal level? Why not, you know, just try to go local and move your way up, which is what usually people do. And my mindset was honestly this, because I, I only got into politics just within the last couple of years. The bigger impact I can make, the more people I can reach, the, the harder I can make this journey, the ultimate um, conclusions that I'll come to is I'm going to be able to speak to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to go and make an impact on a very large basis. Yes, I could start local. Yes, we could go that path. In my mind, I'm thinking, dude, you're, at the time, you're 42. You ain't got that much time left. Let's go. Let's go big or go home. But I want to make a large impact in society. I feel like win or lose, if I can change the minds of 20 people and make them grow and make them want to go do the same things, then I've won. Mm. I've completely won. And But this also forces me. Um, this is one of my things that I enjoy is the, the, the hard uh, the hard journeys. I, I don't, I didn't want to, you know, take the regular route and go, let's go hard because the harder, the more difficult it is, the more times I have people going, you can't do this. You can't do this. <laughs> the more my mind goes, I, I've got to do this. <laughs> you yes, know what I mean? Yes. Right. Hold my beer, if yes. you will. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I can do something local, maybe a school board, maybe a city council, but who am I really going to put my full effort into something that you know, it doesn't, it doesn't require quite as much. Mm. This is the hardest thing I'll ever have to do. I've ever had to do in my life, go out and try to reach an entire community. And in this case, El Paso County, mm -hmm. I know you guys are native, so you understand El Paso County is not, you know, a couple streets. Mm -hmm. It is a, it is huge. The harder it is, the, the, the more appealing it is to mm -hmm. me. So I was like, politics. Yeah. Everyone hates politicians. Check. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you have to uh, deal with a lot of bad and corrupt people. Check. I'll take it. You know what I mean? And you've got to go talk to a lot of people who seemingly hate you without even knowing you. Perfect. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Seems weird, but for some reason it appeals to me. So it's that whole cannonball approach, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I once gotta abide by the rules we got yeah. the one kid who will always cannonball himself in there <laughs> and makes a big splash and yep. then they, all of a sudden everyone else wants to cannonball so i really appreciate <laughs> right. that from not only from an artist perspective but from a business perspective from somebody who definitely sounds like he doesn't want to play the safe route mm -hmm. um so i have a big appreciation for that so well i think it's an important thing really to go after the hard things because when you look at that that is very rare air. You don't have a lot of competition that we've talked about a little sure. bit. And so if you think about that, that really, somebody would be like, that's crazy. And David, you kind of tapped on that too. It's a little bit, but it's a unique approach because you get to a spot where there's not a lot of people at that area. And I think that's a beautiful thing because it gives kind of a leverage piece 
that you're getting to a spot that there's not a lot to have to compete against. Sure. So I think that's a very unique thing. And for a legacy ninja that's listening to that, that may be something that they're struggling with. Go after the hard thing because you're going to be in a spot that not a lot of people are there and you're going to find a very unique network because of 100%. the route that you're taking. Well, and again, before, we're going off a little bit more than what I wanted to touch base on, but I was just so fascinated. I got a chance to look at your Instagram, mm. right? And I love that you challenge just the general knowledge of where people are at mm. in regards to local politics. You know, I think uh, obviously the national level is there for a reason. There's a lot of money spent in those campaigns. There's a lot of attention, yeah. but what I found was interesting is that um, I think somebody had referred to Derek Lamborn. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> and, you know, uh, so for those of you who maybe don't know, uh, Doug Lamborn <laughs> is our uh, is current representative. <laughs> what I loved was that your challenge was basically to say, you know, I think that this is maybe the reason why I'm supposed to be running sure. this because you don't even know the name of your representative, mm-hmm. you know? And so I really love that approach because it really challenges the status quo. It really does show people like, look, this is the real problems that people are talking about. No one else wants bothered to do that. I mean, I don't know how many likes that person had, but it was totally like super irrelevant because everyone was like, yeah, go Derek. Yeah, right. right? Um, right. So, you know, from that approach and and kind of the things that you're doing, again, I was in in two seconds of reading that and seeing some of the other things you're posting. I'm a a fan, right? Appreciate that. Um, And that's just on the surface level. So so what I'm looking forward to going in this chapter and, and going in this episode is really just to what made you who you are today what are the adversities that you know that you're going to have to face and how are you going to get there and so why don't you tell us a little bit about how the journey started and you know maybe some of the things that you've done along the way sure um just to to give you the end humility being able to to deal with humility and a failure is at the end of the day the the story the the plot i mean that that's it um, and being able to hold myself accountable for everything that's happened in my life, no matter what has brought me to this point. Um, growing up, we, we, we had a very abusive household. My father was ridiculously abusive. Um, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's funny. It's funny looking back now or humorous to a degree, because my father was a very small man. He was like five, seven at his best day, 125 pounds, but he boxed his career. So mm-hmm. the man could fight. He, he could throw a punch and trust me, I know. Um, but he was a very abusive man, both uh, m- obviously more physically, but uh, also mentally, um, emotionally. Um, he knew how to tear you down. And we de- I dealt with that until I was about 13 was the last time uh, he was a part of the picture. And what that taught me to that point was, was to hate myself was everything was my fault, was, um, you know, my mom and dad were the only ones getting divorced. It was partially because of me. Um, Why did I have to cry so much? Why did I whine so much? Uh, Why did I have to provoke him so much? And, you know, throughout counseling in life, I realized that that, that's just stupid. You know, you were a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, and it takes you becoming an adult to realize how stupid you are, you were as a kid, right? So, Past that, when I, uh, late teen, early adulthood, I made a a huge amount of mistakes. 
every day I made a mistake. Hmm. Some were more uh, severe than others. But there was a lot of people around me that said, hey, you know, you, you know, your dad was this, blah, 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 and you're trying to do this. And it took a long time for me to go, I have to be, and this may be a little bit weird to, to hear, but I have to be thankful for my dad. It took me a long time to realize that while I never would wish the childhood that me and my sister and my mother had, or, or the childhood me and my sister had and, and the marriage my mother had on anyone. There was a point in my life where I realized that his actions were, were separate from mine. I did learn things from him. Yes, I saw things from him, things no children should see. Mm. But at some point in adulthood, I have to take accountability for the actions that I'm taking. But I also have to accept them. You know, it's one thing to say, I, I made a mistake, let's change it and move on. It's another thing to say, I made this mistake, why? find out what the root of my mistake is from. Because if I can just say, if I just put a bandaid on it, eventually that bandaid is going to come off and that cut is going to reopen. Uh, but I, I've got to actually go in and sew it mm. and sew that cut shut. And that's through therapy, through talking to people, through really getting down and understanding who you are as a person. And the day that I realized that I was going to thank my, my father to myself, because I don't speak to him, for what he did because it made me stronger as a person, because it made me realize that everyone, I was not alone. You, you, you know, I, I'm part of that generation X where half of uh, the first half of our life was analog. Second half was, you know, digital, right? When the digital world came to light, you started seeing stories from everybody. Mm. It was more accessible. And I started realizing, huh, my dad wasn't the only guy out there doing that. And that guy dealt with it. And that woman dealt with it and so on and so forth. How did they handle it? What did they do? And you come to realize that people can either live their life on the repercussions of, of their childhood and, and blame it on that or use it, okay? And I chose to use it in the sense where all my mistakes that I made moving forward were not only my fault, but why were they? And I learned and I taught myself how to not necessarily never make those same mistakes again, but grow from them. Um, <clears throat> I had my first child at a very too young of an age for, for myself. It was 20, I was 23. And looking back, my, one of my nieces is like, was it's a little bit older now, but when she was turning the same age, I was, I was like, Oh my God, like I had a kid when I, I was looking at her, I was like, I love you, but do not have kids. <laughs> and I shouldn't have had kids that age. Um, I got very lucky in that sense, but um, on, on how he turned out, but, um, you know, got married very young. We didn't have, uh, my wife did not finish college. I didn't finish college at the time. I was out there just working and we were just trying to figure out life. We were, you know, financially strained. Um, we did have a pretty cool support system, but uh, nevertheless, it was something that, and we used it to, to become closer. Another example of us, you know, you hear a lot of divorce happenings. A lot of them are financial reasons, right? And the one thing I can, one of millions of things I can say about my wife is money was never an issue of argument. It never was. It was both of us, not my fault or my, or my uh, job. It was both of us. Hmm. So we, I grew there. I grew to understand that there are people out there who understand and who get it. 
and who take response just as much responsibility in certain things than I do. And throughout those experiences, gentlemen, I learned more than anything to, to get back to the end that being grateful for everything, because there's always something to be, no matter what the situation is, there's always something you can learn or gain from it. Personally, grow. And that will circle back into why I get into politics, because there's not enough people in my mind that take responsibility for their actions, good or bad, and then grow from them. Mm-hmm. They just make excuses or point fingers. And then that spews onto society, right? We, as a society, we don't take um, responsibility for our actions. Yeah. And my life experiences has made me this person who I love my falls. I love my failures. I don't hide them. You guys, I'm an open book. You tell me, you ask me anything and I will tell you when and where I screwed up. And it, they were huge screw ups. I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of them. Another reason why politics is probably on my alley because probably for the next year, everyone in this at least district is going to know every single screw up that I did because mm. you know somebody's going to pay to get those things out. <laughs> That's fine by me. You know what I mean? I love those because that's a not yet another reason I'm thankful for the growth that I've had in my life. So throughout time, the one thing that's gotten me to this point was being able to be grateful, have gratitude towards my experiences, good or bad, and taking responsibility, taking ownership of what I've done wrong and, and how to move forward from those mistakes. That's simple. Oh, man. Right, right there. <laughs> so, many, so many great nuggets in that uh, segment there already. Um, I have questions. You guys I rock. Want, I, want you, I want you to be able to go first because I've got a lot of things. I, I have to, as I'm sitting here and listening to the the journey that you've been on, David, it's a very unique thing because I tell people I'm actually grateful my divorce happened because where I'm at now, it's a completely different picture, um, especially when I look at my kids. I've got a daughter that's 12. She'll be 13 in March. Hmm. And just the conversations of what I've learned and what I've gone on, it's a powerful thing because by taking that approach and showing up and actually taking a very large stage by what you're creating through the uh, public service uh, piece, but also building and going on to other people's stages, by sharing that and allowing people to say, okay, yeah, let me step into that. That's a very powerful thing because it's giving people permission, which is a very funny thing when you think about that. Let me give somebody else permission to do this, Mm -hmm. but it's always that fact of somebody's got to jump first and then everybody else is going to follow because if nobody jumps, nobody's going to do anything. (laughs) Well said, well said. That's perfect. And uh, I'll have to really keep in touch with you because I have a, my, my daughter's 10. So you're, you're in the teenage zone. Okay. And I am, my, my daughter's completely different from my son. She is outgoing. She is, uh, I'll do whatever I want to do. I don't care what you say. So I'm like terrified of teenage. Everybody has already scared me. So you're going to have to counsel me on certain things. If you ever meet my daughter, you'll, instantaneous would be like yeah good luck with that so um i think uh the biggest thing is just you you see her as a person mm -hmm. and letting her live her life but set the boundaries as a parent but don't try to stunt anything because we've talked about this patrick and i with kids 
when it comes to the creativity piece, mm -hmm. how often as parents in the school system really stunts that creativity piece. Mm -hmm. And then people become adults and they really are missing out on something. Um, being around Patrick's opened up the door to be very creative and it's a very unique uh, thing to see take place. But I think that's the biggest thing is understanding that you set the parameters and whatnot, sure. but you allow her to be herself, allow her to be her own individual self. So first of all, I, I can totally relate to, I, I call it the beautiful struggle, okay. right? Because I feel like that being able to navigate in and out of really what you want life to be. And I think for us, oftentimes we have to find that sweet spot, but a lot of that comes from kind of getting really gritty with ourselves, sure. right? I think we're born with that ability, but it takes a certain level of magnitude of shit to happen for us to have to dig into to be able to find that oh yeah but i think that once you do you have a complete under a, a completely different understanding of yourself mm -hmm. and what you're capable of and where you want to go mm -hmm. and so i think you sharing that really was i mean in in less than five minutes you really told us a lot about the grit that you had to find within yourself to be able to survive sure but then you took that a whole nother level and said you know what because i went through that I don't want to be that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to uh, emulate 100%. that. So I have to figure out what caused that, right? right? What are those triggers for me? And I think that's huge. And that's a struggle where a lot of people many, many years later find. And again, you've already said made mistakes. We talk about the mistakes all the time, right? But it's that continuous falling forward, yes. you know, and giving yourself grace. So thank you for sharing all of those. My question is when you really look at kind of your journey right and the biggest thing and I think maybe one of the things I've always looked at and why I personally hate politics <laughs> is because it brings out the ugly yes sir right any other business any other thing if you have that it's slanderous it's it's uh, I mean you would never go to your neighbors right and dig up as much dirt on them and be like right. you can't be my neighbor because right. you have all of this stuff, right? Now, if they're on certain, you know, uh, watch list, maybe pedophilia or something like that, yeah. you would want to know, sure. right? But if they're like, oh, you were smoking when you were 13 years old <laughs> when marijuana was illegal, right. hey, we can't be neighbors, you know what right. I mean? So why do we do that in politics and why is it okay? Right. You know, so my question is, um, I, I know you've talked about kind of being prepared and ready for all that. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts in regards to how does that campaign right. piece look like for you? I am so glad you asked that question because I think I started this journey earlier this year. I think January, February was when I made that decision. Yes, we're doing it. It's already my campaign itself has already mutated several times. It was easy for me to get on Twitter, get on all these things and see what other people were doing. And I, I, I really get angry at myself sometimes because I started to fall into those same things. What are other people doing? How are they doing it? Um, and it took several months of tweets and um, posts on Instagram and even Facebook of me talking about who I'm going to be going up against, Derek Lamborn, uh, <laughs> Doug, if you will. Um, we'll call him Derek for now. This is what he's not doing. You know, he's doing this and that. And um, it was several months of doing stuff like that that I realized this isn't me. Mm -hmm. This is not why I got into this. I realized that this is what politics is. Like you said, this is what we do in politics. But my whole mindset in getting into this was trying to provide a new perspective, new expectations for people. How the hell am I going to do that 
if I'm following suit with everyone else. Mm -hmm. So it's only been just recently that I've made, uh, me and my um, campaign manager made the the decision that the only time I speak about my uh, potential opponent is talking about how he's been here for this many years, the district has changed, and now we need to change leadership. So we need to change facts. Yeah, it's it's we're we're growing. It's time to move forward. Right. Okay. He's done what he's done. Now we go to the next step. I will not fall into that. And I did. The thing is, I did. And I, I look at myself and I'm like, you idiot. This is not, <laughs> and I have to try to do it because that's not me naturally. Okay. That's sure. not me. That's not who I am as a person. And I and I realized that if I am just 100 percent me, win or lose, I'm gonna be able to sleep. I am. Because I did it my way as the person that I am. Mm-hmm. I knew that ultimately that that was the arena. You know, that's the society that we live in that we expect. Mm-hmm. We expect that slander. We expect that. And I even had people who were ultimately, you know, supporters of mine going, hey, you're, you're, you're not hitting hard enough sometimes. You know, you got hit and where it hurts. And I would sit down at night and go, what does that entail? What does that entail me doing or being someone that I am not? And I would come to the realization that that's exactly right. Mm. Now, do you think that's going to hinder you at all because of people and what they expect and what they've seen for their entire lives? So there's a difference. I I look, I am, I, I, I think kindness is the ultimate weapon you can use in life, but there's a misperception about kindness and that kindness is weakness. Mm -hmm. There is. Okay. Because Hate is very, very loud. Gentlemen, it is the loudest thing you hear. You turn on the TV, boom, hate. Kindness is not. Nobody reports on kindness the way that they report on hate. No one uh, advertises on kindness the way they report on hate. So the hindrance there, what I've looked at and realized is that I have to work that much harder. But just because I'm kind doesn't mean I'm going to push over. It doesn't mean that I'm going to take it, you know, kneeling down and going, oh, I'm not scared. That's the difference is that I'm kind as hell, but I'm also not scared. Okay. So yes. And when you look at the overview, just kindness, you're not going to talk bad about your, well, you know, nobody's going to care. Yeah. They're not going to care until they hear my message over and over and over again and realize, yeah, this guy doesn't want to talk crap about him. He just wants to do something positive. You know what I mean? It, but it's going to, I need to be louder. I need to make kindness heard. Mm. I need to say it sometimes in a way that some people, you know, are a little uncomfortable about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have to call people out. I have to, I have to be real with myself. Um, it, what it ultimately, it, it may, it may, I don't want to necessarily say it's going to hurt me or hinder me. It's just going to make me work hard, have to work harder than I even thought I had to I'm kind of seeing campaign signs, right? <laughs> uh, because what I heard is the quote from Batman. He says, I'd rather I'd rather die standing than live on my knees, 100%. right? So maybe we have to start campaigning as David <laughs> Batman Taurus. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm I missing the cool, the cool toys he has. <laughs> we'll live with it. It's okay. I think it's a, that's a very powerful thing because Gary Vee has brought something up, and this was a couple... I think about a year ago he's like think about it we can go out and try to tear down buildings the building being other people right. and you're putting all that energy out how much energy can you go actually to go build your own building to go build your own street if you're out there constantly tearing down other buildings and trying to create destruction 
And so I think that's one of those unique things that it's going to be to stay on that path is going to be a very unique breath of fresh air to come from a different position and to do something that a lot of people don't see because mm-hmm. you see all the the campaigns and all the commercials and it's attacking <clears throat> the other individual instead of focusing on what is it that you're looking to do what do you want to bring to the forefront and i think that's going to be something very unique that catches a lot of people's attention because it's not something that they're used to sure. so i think that's a, a beautiful stance there to show of we can bring something different, we can do something different. And, and to piggyback on that, you you mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk. The, the one thing that he says about that as well is that it's a waste of your damn time. Like people talk about the one of the most things that we love or need or desire more than anything in this world is time, especially when you start getting to my age. I start looking at my kid, my son who just turned 18, and he's like, oh, you know, my gas tank is low. I'm like, you have no idea what a problem is, bro. You know, you have zero idea. <laughs> a quarter of a gas tank for me, I'm like, I'm good. You know what I mean? I've got a good two days left. I'm going to watch it, but I've got a good two days left. Time is what we need, what we desire. Am I going to use my time? tearing down Derek Lamborn, right? Or am I going to use it on going and talking to as many people as possible? He's going to use it on me. That's what they do. Hopefully he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't, but he probably will. That's fine. I can handle that. I can answer those questions. I can defend those things. And it's not defending. It's just me saying, yeah, I did that. Hmm. 100%. That was me. Let me show you what I learned from it. I need to spend my time on the positives, on the reaching out. I have no time for that negative BS. Hmm. And I, and I won't. It, and again, I started getting sucked into it a little bit. And I realized very quickly, that's not you. Maybe that's some of the expectations other people have to your point. People are expecting that hmm. people are like, why aren't you saying more about this? Because that is a waste of my time. You already know what he does and does not do. Okay, whether you want to admit it or not, you already know. I'm not going to sit here and outline it and waste my time when I have so much more to talk mm-hmm. to you about. So, you know what I kind of get the feeling from, and what I really enjoy is that you're not arguing and vying for your position from the standpoint that you're facing the crowd, mm-hmm. but more or less that you're standing with the crowd. 100%. You know, and 100%. I think that's very powerful. Yes, sir. Uh, I just wanted you to acknowledge that, that that's the feeling that I get from you. you and are, I really enjoy it. Not, you couldn't have read that any better. Uh, <laughs> I want to be in the crowd. I've had visions of, uh, you know, how they have town halls and you, you got the guy up on stage. And I envision if I pull this off, when I do my town halls, I'm, I want to have a chair right in the middle and everyone all around me, mm. whether they're hating on me or they're loving on me, or they're just simply wanting to know. I want to be right there in the middle because if you put me on that stage, on that pedestal, automatically, a lot of people will presume that person is better than me or thinks he's better than me. You know, I'm not afraid of the crowd. I want to be in the crowd because I'm working for you. Any progress that we make 
if I were to pull this off and we make progress as a community, it won't be because of me. It will be because of everybody doing their part, working together. And the only way I'm not going to be the dictator. <laughs> I suck at dictating. Okay, <laughs> My career has been in management and it's always been in collaboration with the people that work with me. Hmm. Okay, Because I am not an expert in anything uh, compared to somebody who does it day in and day out. Right. So I want to be in the crowd. I want to be lost in the crowd and us pushing forward together. So that is perfectly stated. That's my, that's what I would love to happen. I don't ever want to be the limelight. I, it, it's because of David. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with me. I set a certain standard. I set a certain expectation, but you can set that all day long. If you're not someone who is so passionate about something that other people are like, you know, let's, let's do this, you know, then it, whoever you are is irrelevant. Mm. Okay. But if you set that passion out where other people get passion, that's all it is. It's all it is, is trying to make the passions of other people contagious and that people get it and that people just want to go and do things that are beyond what they thought their capability was. So. Your thoughts on it, um, in, essentially what I feel like is a lot of the independent side, right, mm -hmm. is always kind of more or less for the people. Mm -hmm. And you've taken the stance, as you said, Democrat. Mm -hmm. So what do you what are your thoughts in regards to, you know, the, conveying that message to other Democrats? Because a lot of them are going to turn around 100%. immediately and be like, well, he's more independent than he is right. anything. Right. So Which, I'm just curious. Ultimately, I am. Listen, I, I, I've been a, when I was first of voting age i was i was a republican because that's what my family was mm. um and then eventually i i became independent and then when i and then i just completely lost touch with politics i was like you know just like most people they're like screw the government who cares <laughs> and then you know in the last several years i i sort of started leaning towards to the democratic side i'm i sit to my stomach that i picked a side but there's always a side whether you're independent mm -hmm. you know left or right there's always a side uh, it's uh, it makes me sick that we have to pick a side period where I am with the independent people or even on people on my party who say, hey, you're not I am. I decided to to register as a Democrat because there's a lot of issues that they stand for that align with what I believe in. Mm -hmm. things that in my experience in life have forced me to be very passionate about women, women's rights, human rights, mm -hmm. period. But what I'm finding is that true human beings not the radicals because you have radicals on mm -hmm. either end right so i'm talking about the middle 60 percent you got your 20s your 20s cray craze your cray craze and then regular people who are just like whatever they all have very similar views on what issues are mm -hmm. they all believe that every human deserves to be treated like a human being they just have different ways of uh, uh, different solutions to whatever those issues are that's it if I'm, if I'm talking to a Republican and an independent and I'm representing a Democrat, we all, I truly believe we all have the same views of what's wrong. Hmm. What, where we differ is those solutions. So let's go to business. When you have a business, you have key people in place and there's this, an issue, an issue arises. And those key people in place come together to find the solution to it. It's not one way or the other. It's people together collaborating, going, this is the issue. This is what I think we should do. And you come in and go, that's okay, but we also need to consider this. This is what I would do. 
And then you come in with your point and then we find a solution, mm. you know, that covers all the concerns that we all have because we all have different concerns about all those solutions, right? That's, that's why I hate the separation of parties and stuff like that. Most people feel the same about certain issues. They just don't know how to freaking communicate with mm. one another. They think because that guy has a blue hat on, he's an idiot. Or if that guy has a red hat on, he's an idiot. And independent, they just don't want to pick a side. You know, that's what they, that's what their mindset is. Everyone's got ideas and solutions. Mm -hmm. Do they have the communication ability? And that's where I think leadership or management or that experience helps a little bit because I've, I've been able to sit down and talk to so many and look at things from different freaking perspectives. If you look at if you look at life through your perspective alone, you're gonna have a pretty simple ass life. It's that simple. <laughs> like that. If I can just get in your brain and see how you view something, it might spark something and go, damn, I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah. How can we do this together? So the short answer is this: I don't give a damn if my party or another party comes to me and goes, blah, 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 you're not being because I, you won't put me in a box. Mm -hmm. I'll be damned. I know it's kind of counterproductive by saying I'm a Democrat, but honestly, it, to me, it's more about what can I do for everyone else? What, what's my job here? I think ultimately, a lot of us just didn't know how that worked, mm -hmm. to be honest. You know? I, I don't either, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> All I knew prior to this whole thing was you got to pick a side. Can't be an independent. Independents don't win. And I was like, shit, that's what I am. I'm an independent. Uh, okay, you know, and at the time, based off of beliefs and views i was like yeah i i definitely align way more with this mm -hmm. with the with the progressive side if you will i am a progressive i believe in progress i believe that who i am today is not going to be who i am in five years mm -hmm. that simple i hope to god i'm not because <laughs> if i am then i'm just gonna be sitting there with the same issues right sure. the insanity deal <laughs> <laughs> sitting here and listening and just being able to kind of piece things together because i think it was on your facebook page mm -hmm. i come across the video that you're at the women's march the yes. women's rally mm -hmm. and now hearing that journey that you've been on and what really is kind of tying into everything yeah. It's such a beautiful thing where you can go in there and not have an agenda or a bias, but just kind of look and say, okay, and now by hearing the backside of it, it's one of those powerful, unique perspectives. And I think based on you doing the work and going and using your experiences to build upon, it's one of those powerful things that you can bring to the forefront at a different level than what you see a lot of times sure. and it goes back to that whole breath of fresh air something that a lot of people aren't used to because i know i've listened to tony robbins and i'll watch a video and you'll see people comment they're like i don't like it when tony cusses i didn't know he cusses and so we were like he does that to shock people and so by seeing something different seeing something that you're not normally used to that's that shock factor which is a good thing yeah i, I agree I, I think it's to, to me, it's, is that the one thing that like to reiterate, I promised myself throughout this whole process that I, I had to be hundred percent me because if I'm going to live by the sword, you have to die by the sword. Okay. Um, and I'm completely prepared to do so. I've gotten more comments from my party of how impossible this journey is almost to like, you really shouldn't be doing this. This mm -hmm. is, you're wasting your time. Okay. Um, 
that that's just a way of life. I'm okay with that. Those things I'm okay with. Um, what I'm not okay with is conforming. I have to truly be myself. If at some point I'm going to provide some shock and awe for people, some people aren't going to, this is a very conservative town we can agree with. Um, and there's a lot of uh, religion in this, in this district. I was raised here, so I understand that dynamic, but I'm not always going to be <coughs> PC. You know, I'm not always going to be, you know, politically, I, I don't even understand that term politically correct, because that's like <laughs> an oxymoron, if you know, right? So I'm, I'm going to be me, because if I'm not me, then I have to remember, what did I say in that one podcast three months ago? Shit, I can't go back on it, you know what I mean? What did I say there, you know what I mean? I have to 100% be me. And I'm fully aware that, especially in this district, it's going to cause a lot of people to go, whoa, you know, I, I don't like him when he does that, you know what I mean? I may even have a video where I'm, you know, I, I have my little thing of whiskey. And I'm not a big drinker, but once in a while, I like I like to have my whiskey, Sure, you know? And that, that's going to piss a lot of people off too, right? I, it's not, I, I can't worry about that. What I have to worry about is that I am, authentically 100% me because that's when we're all at our best right is when we don't have to conform or, or act or pretend or whatever you know what I mean so I'm a terrible actor, I'm an actor right? I've got the hair I don't have the face but I should have been an actor but I suck at it so you know what's really interesting is I mean the, the more I listen the more I just keep drawing back to you know all the things of kind of past times of all the things that have been kind of hinted that people have wanted but have never gotten like Robin Hood you know it's you know we we put these politicians in this position where they have a lot of influence mm -hmm. right we put a lot of our day-to-day -day, uh things that are impacted but nobody's really taking that time to educate people say so you know that if you vote we only missed this vote by this many people mm -hmm. right and yeah it's your responsibility to vote but a lot of times people are just not aware and the only time that they become aware to be to vote is when it's voting time yeah. but if we would have these active campaigns where people turn around and say look look your congressman's gonna be here yeah. he's gonna sit here and he wants you to circle around him to ask questions he doesn't want to sit in front of you and hide from him he wants to face the crowd you know so i'm kind of loving and in my mind i'm like man maybe i should be a campaign manager right you should. <laughs> you should. No, but I'm, I'm just uh you know ultimately it's, it's a real big fresh of breath air yeah to hear that these are the thoughts and that these are the ideas right you know i think it was the gladiator right where he always talks about you know win the crowd you win the crowd you win the people 100%. you win the people and and you win everything sure and so i really love that this is kind of like the perspective that you're going in you're like i understand what the arena wants yeah. right and it was kind of like when maximus was supposed to kill that guy <laughs> right and he spared him and then the um, the guy looked like an asshole for, for wanting to come you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so I love that. So you're prepared and that this is kind of the mentality that you yeah. want to go. I'm kind of painting you as a political gladiator in my mind. And I'll take uh, it. yeah, so well, and we can go David Maximus Torres, mm -hmm. David Batman Torres. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll take all of them, okay, whatever card I'll take. First of all, I appreciate you saying that. That, that means the world to me. I love, this is why I love talking to people and, and why I was so really attracted to your guys's podcast. Cause every time I heard one, I was like, they're just talking about good. You know, they just talking about, about getting better, about what you're leaving behind, about who you are as a person, what your view of what you're leaving behind, not what others, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm 
essentially trying to do. It, it just goes to the amount of work you were talking about voters and stuff like that. You also have to give them a reason to, right. you know, because okay. it's not hard to vote, but it is. Sometimes you got to stand in line for a while, you know, and when you live in a district that you know, or you've been taught to know that it's always going to be this one outcome. You stop trying after a while, mm. you know what I mean? And Yet another thing that I put on my plate, I don't only have to have a message and get that message out, but that message has to be so that people are intrigued and are actually motivated to get up and vote. The vote that I'm going to be on is in 2022. It's an off election year, uh, off presidential election year, right? Which is, it minimizes the amount of interaction and voters that we get. Look, we can talk about all the things going against me all day long. That's uh, endless. I have to provide incentive for you to go out and vote. And I can't pay you, unfortunately. Apparently that's against the law, <laughs> which is weird to me. Like I look at some of the politicians and I'm like, but that's not against the law. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out the laws here. So I can't pay you. Not that I have enough money to, but I've got to give you guys a freaking reason. I've got to give you guys, you guys have to on, on election day, you guys have to go, I'm going, I don't care what the hell I've got that day. I'm going to take an hour of my day and go vote, or I'm going to mail in my voting, or I'm going to do this. That's my job. Mm. Simple. I can't just be like, Hey guys, I sat with a podcast with you guys. You're voting for me, right? No, no. It it's, it's from now until the day after voting day that I have to be in your faces and go, this is why it's important. This is why we must do this. This is why we have to work together. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just another aspect of the campaign that I'm slowly getting into, but that's what I have to do. I have to give you a reason. I can't, I'm not going to be mad at people because they don't go vote. What the hell do I know about them? You know what I mean? They have their own reasons. And, and if they're not excited enough to go vote, when I'm not excited to do something, guess what? I don't do it. It's that simple. I do not do it. If I have to do something, then I do it, but I don't do it with as much vigor as I do the things that I want to do. Right. But I have to, I have to make it seem like they have to go do it. The only way I'm going to do that is convincing them of who I am as a person, yeah. uh, and hopefully they like it. Well, I, I I love this because a lot of times when we talk to people, it's the vulnerability and transparency piece. It's so stiff, and it's it's a unique thing because how often do you hear somebody that's running for office, being in the the public service space, that really opens up and is their vulnerable and true self. Mm -hmm because they're worried about what somebody else is going to think 100%. and you've already stated that you're you're not worried about what people are thinking you're not worried not about not getting stuck in a box right. this is who i am this is what you get if you don't like it cool that's your choice but this is a powerful piece and this is just something that every time we have a conversation that just stuff yes. comes to light yeah. um, but i think it's a powerful thing because it is that opening up the of the space and letting people just be their true authentic self and that's ultimately with our podcast why we don't script anything yes. and we try to stay away because we've had people that are like here's some questions you can ask me i'm like no because those are still people already <laughs> ask those boring get away from that <laughs> yeah. do something different yeah. but i think this speaks volumes because people actually get to know the inner peace mm -hmm. the inner aspects yeah. that a lot of people don't see yeah yeah, and so let's transition. Actually, let's talk about, you know, we talked about kind of your past. 
you know, we talked about uh, quite a bit about what you're doing currently. So what do you want that legacy piece to look like for you, whether it be, you know, as a father, sure. as a political figure, uh, as, a, as a man? Mm -hmm. It's it, it's twofold. So it starts with my family. I, I want my family, especially my kids. I, I am very fortunate to have been able to marry the, the woman that I did. She is the most supportive person in my life. Mm -hmm. um, she has gone through the ups and downs with me. She has shared the responsibilities that weigh on us for so much. She's so incredibly intelligent. She works in the emergency room as a PA. So she takes on the weight of the people mm. and the sickness. Um, so I want her to always, I always feel like I know that she feels that I'm doing everything I can to be that partner for her, that second half. Uh, for my kids, I just want them to look at me and go, because of my dad, I know nothing is impossible. Mm. That's it. You know, people, people talk about giving parental advice. Um, I'm the last person you want to ask because this is, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing for parental advice. I teach my kids two things. Anything worth doing is going to be difficult. Mm. Anything. Yeah. And don't be an asshole. That's it. Yeah. Those end of story <laughs> those are the two things i promised myself that i would teach my kids mm -hmm. everything else to your point earlier that's on you you want to go bungee cord jumping as much as i'm like oh <laughs> you know i've lived in colorado for what now 39 years i've never been skiing never not once and people look at me twisted when i tell them that and that's okay i just don't want to be flung down a mountain that's just my personal choice <laughs> Okay. Thank you. No, thanks. I'm fine. I love the mountains. I'll look at them all day long, but don't throw me down it. Okay. I've been here my whole life and I've never had a desire See? or been skiing. None. snowboarding. Yes. But Ooh, that's fine. Never. Listen, yeah. I'll go to the cabin where you guys are all going, <laughs> you know, and when you guys get back that night, if there's no emergency room that we need to go to, then we'll have drinks and eat. Right. <laughs> but I don't care what my kids do, you know, as long as it's something that they love, I don't care. I only care that you understand that nothing that you want to do that you love so much is going to be easy. You have to understand that nothing. It's going to suck for a lot of it. And it's going to take time and don't be an asshole. Don't be a jerk. You don't have to be a jerk for anything. Those are the old ways of thinking, right? The managers, Oh, you better, Oh, scare tactics. And so, Oh, please get that. We're, we live in a different society. Number one, that doesn't write anymore. That's what I love about the younger generations. They're just like, I quit. Oh, damn, that never happened before, right? <laughs> but that's, I want my kids to know that all things, they can do anything that they want to if they just bust your ass. And even when they fail at something, doesn't make them a failure. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we're not, I, I, I love, I have a love-hate relationship with anyone can do anything they want to. It's not true. Because maybe you're not good enough, okay? I personally would have loved to play in the NFL, but I am 5'8", okay? Puerto Rican, which already, I should be playing baseball, okay? I'm already behind the ball, okay? Um, and I didn't have the love and desire to go out there and bust my ass and do it. 
but but I came to terms with certain things. You know, even in high school, when by the time I was a senior, I was looking at all the other kids and I was like, well, you guys are way bigger than me already. And apparently I'm as big as I'm going to get. Okay. I would have loved to be uh, in the music industry. You know what I mean? Things didn't work out. But that doesn't mean you don't try. It doesn't mean you don't bust your ass and go out and do those things. Just understanding that. So honestly, for my family, I just want them to know of that. And for everyone else, it, you know, like I said earlier, I don't care what you think of me. I care what you think, but I don't care what you think about me. Right. right. Okay. And that's it. It's just a simple message. I, I, don't, I don't need anything else. Well, and I think a lot of times, you know, people feel like that dreams are when they end, you know, just because you can't maybe do something, right? Mm-hmm. But we, we could look at, uh, I use this comparison all the time. There's this guy who basically his sole goal was to work with Edison. Okay. He knew he was not an inventor, but he knew he could sell whatever the hell Edison wanted, mm-hmm. right? And so it got to the point where he actually sold so many units that it started getting branded that it was made by Edison, sold by him, mm-hmm. right? And then you look at, you know, maybe you couldn't play in the NFL, but you can go, surely you can get back and you can coach, mm-hmm. you still be around it, 100%. you can be a referee, 100%. you can be a statistician, mm-hmm. you can be called the games. I mean, there's so many other ways to Absolutely. still be involved with something that you enjoy. And I think a lot of times people miss that mark. Well, that's, and it goes back to the, you still have to bust your ass all yes. the way through because when you do that, those, those different doors and avenues that you're talking about, they start opening up yeah. and then you start realizing, huh, I may not be able to do that, but that sure looks awesome mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Yes. So I totally agree with you, yeah. that, that, but that has to come with you going out there and jumping off the ledge and, and trying <laughs> yes. because those doors may not, you may not even see those doors open if you don't go out there and try that. Yeah. Um, and people's perspective of things change all the time. Yeah. You know, our view of what our perfect life is, I don't know how old you guys are. I know you guys are probably much younger than me, but my view on what the perfect life is has changed probably a hundred times every year of my life. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it, it always changes from, from experience to experience. So I, that's a perfectly stated. Well said. Well, our next segment, this is happens to be my favorite segment. And, <laughs> yes. uh, it probably sounds like yours too based off our conversation, <laughs> but it's really the, the thankfulness piece. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know you've already talked about that, you know, um, but is there anybody that you would like to be able to just maybe publicly acknowledge or anybody recently they've come through, sure. you know, uh, any of those things? And again, this is just a couple notes for you. God, so many. I'm thankful for everyone. I mean, I'm, you know, just the discussion that we've had today, you know, I'm, I'm pumped to have met you guys. Um, my, my sister and my wife are the two women in my life that, that really continuously teach me stuff every day mm-hmm. about strength, about real strength, about determination. And being able to brush certain things off that shouldn't really matter to you that much. I'm though I, I love those two women more than I can, uh, and I'm grateful for those two women more than I can. You know, obviously my mother went through so much. That's the catalyst of all this. I think she's the foundation of the strength that I have. But I, you know, I get to see my sister and my mom, uh, my sister and my wife go through um, their daily lives more frequently, and to watch how they stand on that mountaintop mm-hmm. and get shoved off and then get back on and get shoved off. Uh, it, it, without those two, you know, I don't know that I would have learned mm-hmm. as much as I have in the last, you know, 10, 15 years of my life, just paying attention more. Mm-hmm. So those two, I am so grateful for, you know, I, I, I love, I love this stuff because I, I gain something every time. <laughs> man, so. Us too. And that's, 
I think ultimately the reason why we continue to do the podcast, yeah. a lot of people were like, well, if you guys are doing the coaching, where's the podcast piece come in? Mm-hmm. And ultimately it's the ultimate form of giving back for us because we give that time for people to share their stories. Wow. We get the opportunity for us to be able to learn about other people, Sure, you know, and uh, this, you, you can't really find that a whole lot unless you're taking that and dedicating that space and that time for sure. So. Next, uh, we have what's called pods, pod decks, and it's actually created by another podcaster by the name of Travis Brown, and we always like to give Travis credit because he's doing some amazing things in the podcast community, but he created these kind of like, would you rather type questions, okay. and so it definitely breaks up the monotony of a podcast and kind of maybe coming up with the answers because these are all pre-created, cool. and so what typically what we do is uh, we'll go through, I think, three questions. We'll start with you, and then we'll just kind of all go through uh, as a circle and kind of answer. I like that. So this is uh, from the hypothetical deck. If you started an activist group, what would it fight for, and what would you call? Uh, what would it be called? <sighs> wow. Is <laughs> this one? I'm, I'm assuming that maybe doesn't exist. Uh, you got to assume almost everything exists now. <laughs> well, an activist group. I would uh, start an activist group for probably for it, it would be involved with women somehow, but how they should probably be in power in, in every aspect, <laughs> and even what I'm looking to become. Um, I, I just think that we have, we're, we're starting to, to go back a little bit into, you know, who we believe deserves certain things and don't, and, and doesn't, and we've stepped away from the human aspect. And I, I, you know, I love everybody, but I think that this world would so benefit from more women and more women in power, more women in leadership positions. And that doesn't benefit me anyway, because I'm, I'm not a woman, obviously. Um, but because of the impact that women have had in my life, I want to share that. And so I just think that uh, I would be out there marching saying, you know, we need, to, we need to empower women to hold more positions, to hold more leadership positions, to be in charge of certain things. And they just simply get it a, a lot better than I think men do. Um, through their experiences, you know, with family and careers and, and childbirth and even childhood, like girls are treated differently. I see that on a daily basis. I do it. Like my son, you know, would fall over and skin his knee and I'd be like, come on, dude, you know, get up, man, stop crying. And with my daughter, I'm running. I'm like, I'll kill everybody who <laughs> looks at my daughter wrong. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, she doesn't need that protection as much. You know what I mean? That's just me having that presumption that because she's a woman, she's weaker. And we can talk about the physicality of everything. And I understand that that's a difference between a man and a woman, but I'm talking about the mental strength mm-hmm. and what they provide to us and to our society is being diminished, but it's just, it's always been, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, undervalued, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's it. And I, what would I call it? I'd be like, um, women now, damn it. <laughs> you, I think if you when you throw a cuss word in somewhere and damn it's not hardcore right, right. so everyone's cool with that I think it gains more <laughs> attention I like that um I've always had this theory that um if we wanted to reset rather than maybe creating cryptocurrencies uh let's just reset everything and make everything on a barter system oh gosh and then um now everybody has some sort of value right and the more you know the more you thirst for knowledge the better you're going to have the richer you're going to uh, be because you can teach people more skills and inherently learn more skills love it 
little bit barbaric, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, in today's age with modern technology and things like that. Sure. But, you know, I, I was just kind of had that thought growing up, you know, that would be one way to uh, even the playing field. You know? I love it. So I love it. Mine would, it's, it's all about because of going through my divorce and really having to touch base because I actually talked to Patrick a couple weeks ago and I'm like, there's that, there, there was something that came up and I was like, I can see why a lot of men will end up just like giving up. And somebody brought up the statistic that men that have gone through an expired relationship, a divorce, 39 men a day kill themselves. And so it's that piece of really connecting with yourself and not looking at anybody else to complete, uh, complete you, you complete yourself. Everybody else is a complimentary piece to yourself. Mm. And so it's really helping men to overcome that. And I think it may go in a little more of the mental health stigma that we sure. have too. So as guys, we're meant to not show emotion. We're not meant to reach out for help. We can do it all on our own. It's weakness when yeah. we do, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's that would be for the piece there. And I, it'd be something like Man United or something like that, which mm. the, even though that's the soccer, <laughs> the soccer team, yeah. yeah so. You don't have problems with that. <laughs> you can't use that. So I'll figure out a way. Hey, maybe off the blockchain you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very, very true. You never know. So I like that. I like that. So this comes from the future freaks me out. What is the next big thing you're planning in the near future? Oh my gosh. The next big thing. Well, listen, let's let's put it on the table. I I I plan on 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 winning this election, which will be life-changing not only for me, but for my family because you know, they're now going to be put on spotlight. I understand, I have to understand that regardless, you know, they're going to be affected by this, mm -hmm. both on the positive and negative side. So that's my expectation to a degree, even though, you know, I'm good mentally, I'll be fine either way, but I have to understand that of, of how much it affects everyone around me and my loved ones, mm -hmm. even just friends, you know, everyone's going to be so. It's exciting and yet it, it holds a lot of responsibility on my end and, and how I conduct myself, uh, not to, not to keep me in a box, but to also understand that my actions will affect the people around me, the people I love and, and their day to day as well. So as exciting as it sounds, you know, there's, there's some, there's some bad stuff that I have to remember. And there's some things that I have to understand, uh, while going through this process that it, it, it's not just about me. Sure. So, yeah. Well, if you ask my wife, um, <laughs> a new baby, right? Okay. Um, that freaks me out because I'm like, I already had a 10-year gap between my kids currently. This would put a 17-year gap between the oldest and the youngest, right? And like, I was the inexperienced young father, but at least I had the energy to do stuff, <laughs> right? So and then I was like the middle-aged father who actually had a little bit more stability, more income, and also knew what it was like to be a father. So it was a little bit more chill, right? Still had some energy, but you know, I, I couldn't sit there for hours because my my back and my hips hurt, right? Now I'm gonna be just like the guy who's like coaching from the rocking chair, you know, and be like, hey, don't do that. Oh, you're, you're interrupting my nap, right? Oh, but all jokes aside, I mean, it's it's a scary thought to realize that like my youngest is now playing sports and he's asked me to come on and do some coaching and I'm like yeah I'd love to my oldest didn't play any sports and really had no desire to you know so we have a completely different bond sure. right and I'm like looking forward to these things and then I'm like 
you know, business is now taking off and doing well. And, you know, so I'm like, I feel like that the first chapter of my life, you know, was like, yeah, as a young father, I learned a lot, but I also learned so much more about myself of things that I wouldn't want for someone else to go through. In the second phase, I'm like, this is actually really nice. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of like see the catalogs of people like of their homes and you're kind of like, I kind of get a small piece of that now, yeah. right? And then you start up and you're like, <laughs> I don't know if I could go through and maintain all that stuff. So, you know, we'll see what the future holds, but that would be kind of like, you know, my, my, t- my take on in terms of what's the next big thing to come. And I'm always striving for more, you know, and uh, I think, you know, that probably better than most yeah. that it's always, uh, you know, what's the next idea and, and where can we bring everyone else along? So. Yeah. I think for me is with the book coming up, having that mm-hmm. out there now looking into the NFT space too, yeah. because it's a unique thing. When you look at the cryptocurrency, the NFT space, how that space is creating a community and how the creation of the NFTs when they're purchased, how that can go with that funds to go and fund other things. Yeah. Uh, what really inspired me was there's a gentleman I follow, Peter Boog, and I told Patrick a little bit about it, but they are, uh, they, they focus around cheetahs. And so they said in the world now, there's only 7,100 cheetahs and so it's one of those things that they are using this space to sell the nfts but to take those funds and to help with conservation to help with that piece of the Mm. protection piece and it's a very unique approach with what's coming up and how a lot of people are kind of hesitant to get into that space because they don't fully understand it but just the power of what is entailed with that type of space and by getting around people that understand it so they help level up your knowledge and level up what you can do. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a, a unique thing. So, and I'm one of those very unique individuals that has a lot of different things that people don't know. <clears throat> and I've done some different things. So fun aspect to you. So I'm excited for it. So this one is, we'll find out. Uh, so <laughs> intelligence or wisdom, oh, what's more important uh, for a better world? Listen, I, I think it, intelligence or the constant gathering of intelligence brings wisdom, right? So wisdom to me, all it means is that you've, you know, you've got quite a few libraries of, of things that you've learned. I've always defined intelligence as somebody or something, somebody who doesn't, who believes they do not know everything. And I put a very high dollar amount on intelligence. Intelligence is I like, I like the idea of wisdom. To me, I view wisdom as I am 80 in my deathbed and I'm trying to tell you everything as much as possible before I die. You know what I mean? Um, I think intelligence should be everyone's goal. And all that means is that you never stop learning. So I'm, I'm going to say intelligence. I hope that's not the wrong answer. I just, when I think of wisdom, I think I'm about to die. And that's it. And I have to give you guys all that information but i think intelligence is by far the the most important thing yes i'm really torn on this you know uh, <laughs> it's a hard one yeah it really is <laughs> i look at wisdom as basically learning from your failures mm-hmm. right and being able to pass that on and so you know coaches mentors parents grandparents uh bosses right i mean they have a lot of the wisdom to be able to walk you through what they've been through through similar situations or or to maybe help you traverse you know from getting into those things but there's also wisdom that comes from learning things because the most costly mistakes you usually only make one time Mm. 
and I look at intelligence more on kind of like the innovation side of things. Mm-hmm. The whole crypto space, NFTs, all these things are kind of the new innovation side of things. And it's almost kind of like knowing what everybody went through during the dot-com stuff yeah. and the Coinbase stuff before and kind of this is the new iteration of it. And again, you know, from I grew up on a tape player, right? I used to go and record songs off the radio and put them on the tape. And then we transitioned to uh, CDs, to a Zoom, to now, you know, everything being off the cloud. And same thing, you know, I remember one of my first jobs was uh, trying to sell that big old ticket that said Netflix on there. <laughs> and nobody would do, would, was like, they're never getting rid of DVDs. That this right. one last told me. Right. He's like, no one's getting rid of my DVD collection, you know? So you're more my age than I presume. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. My apologies. No, that's okay. But I just think the innovation side of things is so huge because with the internet, very few things are new, mm-hmm. right? Everything is kind of a recycled idea or a new version of it, or a maybe a more detailed or an enhanced version of that. And so I really feel like that uh, you need that innovation piece mm-hmm. in order to grow as a person, as a society, as a world you know, technology, all the things that we've had. I mean, gosh, we had, we went from landline with call waiting to caller ID to having that, you know, pagers and cell phones to now where your phone does literally everything, everything, you know? I mean, you can control your lights of your house, your security, your car, you can turn it off. I mean, you know, and so to have all those things. Um, so there has to be something in somebody willing to come out and say, let's try this. And I think that's where the intelligence side comes to place. But you also got to have somebody on the back end turn around and say, hey, don't put all of your money into that. You know what I mean? And that's the wisdom piece. So I, I, I feel like that's, they go hand in hand together. The, the way the question is worded because it said, what's more important for a better world? Well, and so that's where it depends on the world you're living in. I would say right I know. now, I, I would say in today's world currently, I think wisdom. But five, 10 years ago, it was definitely the innovation side and the technology side. But this is also where you're looking at it too, where you can get wisdom from going and reading and looking at the stories of others and seeing what they went through, the mistakes that they had and that they learned from, and what can you do to pull from that to create your toolbox? What can you do to go and build those tools that you need? So this is the thing, but then it's the intelligence piece because like you have the whole thing of knowledge is power, but honestly, the power is behind getting that knowledge and putting it forth into work. And that's where the intelligence piece comes into play is taking that knowledge, being able to splice it and put it down into what's going to fit you and go and do what you need to. So it's what's more, what's going to be more impactful, learning from the mistakes of others and not (laughs) creating those mistakes again, or making sure you, because you got some people that sometimes trying to break things down is not the easiest thing. And so this, that question is what makes the world, what's going to make it a better world? You got, I think it's looking at these mistakes and looking at things that have happened in the past, seeing what you can learn from them. What can you take from them to go forward and make it a better world? But that like, I'm very outside the box with this stuff. So this is why this whole question is like, get just as many problems from people holding on to the past equally amount for those who are trying to find things that were wrong in the past. So 
I think it's a no lose answer. Yes. <laughs> let's let's be honest. I, I love your guys's definition of either or, but uh, I, I really think that if you have a mentality of one or the other, then you may be a winner here. You may make the world a better place. So, sure. As long as you haven't defined like that, though. I mean, some people. I don't know what their definition of wisdom is. You're but right. You're right. So. Well said. Well, Very this is why we love these questions, right? It, it definitely brings your guests on to, to sure. go on a whole nother level. Um, and who knows, you know, I and mean, we've had some of the weirdest questions. We have some <laughs> of the, most of the thought-provoking questions. And I have, uh, we had one guy who came back almost a month and a half later and was like, I have an answer for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so like it's really cool. I like that. Well, the last couple minutes that we have really is just for you. I mean, is there anything that you would like to be able to, anything that's, you know, that you would like to talk about, anything you would like to acknowledge? It really, yeah. I mean, we just like to give you that few minutes. I appreciate it. I don't. Um, I'm just grateful to be here. You guys, um, this is a good conversation. I'd, I'd love to do it again sometime. Um, I think it's important that uh, we get this, we get this out there. Like your, your guys is, um, mission here is is pretty damn aligned with mine in the sense that we're just just trying to bring some some goodness out in the world some enlighten some people maybe and uh maybe bring some either intelligence or wisdom <laughs> however the hell you want to look at it but yeah you know I, I i just hope that um we can reach some people and that uh people understand who i am a little bit better today than they did yesterday and then you know as i continue this journey and um i'm i'm extremely excited about what I'm doing right now with what good can come with it and, and with the bad too. I think mm -hmm. the bad is going to be fun to a degree. I, I have some fun with uh, uh, when, when things don't go my way. So I, I like to, I, I like those times. So. Well, I'm going to be honest with you sure. after this conversation, <clears throat> I feel better about politics knowing that people yeah. like you are involved in there. Yeah. Right. Because it's really an extension of myself, regardless of, you know, if there's, you know, certain uh, things that we may or may not agree on or whatever. Yeah, 100%. Right? Uh, but that's, that's life, yeah. you know? Agreed. And so at the end of the day, knowing that you would, that you're part of the crowd, yeah. right? As we talked about, so to speak. So thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you for educating us Appreciate that. in regards to that, because and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've sat there and I've looked at some of these things and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, and yeah. I don't care to go to that next right. level to l learn more about these people. That's exactly. Right. Because what's the point? get zero results it's irrelevant you know but right. to be able to sit down this was really a big piece for me educational and to be able to learn from your perspective yeah. so thank you very much for that i appreciate that thanks for having me i think another thing too just kind of think about it because i know you got the twitter you've got the instagram you got facebook yes you've got a platform here really that opens up the door to touch base and really do something different because I know Twitter's come along with their Twitter space. So it's like Clubhouse, right. but for the uh, Twitter space. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing that really opens up and allows you to have a deeper connection with people. Yeah. So I think that's something too that within the show notes, if anybody wants to go deeper, or go look and whatnot, and have that bigger connection piece with you, we'll have those things set up. So that way people can go click on the hyperlink and go take a look, go support, do whatever they're yeah. wanting to do, but really get more of the insight and the conversation really opens up that door, not a really touch basis and know who you are as a person. So I think there's a lot that plays into your favor really to create a difference and do something huge and massive. Absolutely. I, and I've, I honestly know that I have to be a little bit more interactive with those. It has to be a priority for me and that's 
that's the best way to reach me and to interact with me because uh, that's all I really want to do ultimately. So I appreciate that because it's something that that's our that's the world we live in today. If you're on these platforms and if you do them the correct way and the correct way meaning doing it, actually doing it, which has always been something that I feared for a long time, that you can reach some people and and I'm encouraged by that. So um, and I. To your point, if I reached one or two people out there to maybe change their mind and go, maybe I will go out and fight for something regardless. You know, that's that's the whole, that's it. That, that, that's my goal. So uh, if, you, if you've never been interested in it and you've just been like, ah, what's the point? There's a point yeah. uh, and it's for you. So yeah. And if we can be of service to help you, right? Like if 100%. you um, decide you want to explore maybe some of those things, Clubhouse or the Twitterverse, we would love to be able to host and maybe do a Q&A session for, with Great. you and people. That way you don't have to necessarily worry about doing it yourself, Great. figuring it out. Uh, again, just to be able to, to help in that manner. Uh, if there's other candidates who also maybe want to come on, we can help facilitate just so that sure. way it's it's fair. Yeah. Right. And things like that. So, again, well, um, I don't necessarily need it to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to play by the rule. Fairness is relative. Okay? No, I love it. And I and, and, and uh, I appreciate that because I, you know, I'm not in that world as much as you guys are. And um, hearing you guys talk, I'm thinking to myself, man, I need a bigger bank account because you, <laughs> you guys need to be on my payroll I pre, uh, you guys would help a, a, a tremendous amount so i will i will definitely uh take you up on that awesome so. well thank you again for your time yes and legacy ninjas uh, will definitely have all of uh, david's links listed below and if you guys have any questions or concerns or just any questions that we can also reach out please let us know and we'll be sure to uh, get them out to david and get a response back to you in the next episode uh, it's been another episode of legacy digging with two native sons on behalf of Scott Grant and Patrick Maricano, thanks so much. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace.